and welcome to the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm the Managing Director of Travel, Hospitality, and Retail. I'm joined by Andrea Stokes, who's our practice lead for hospitality. Hello, Andrea. Hello. And with, this week, we have a special guest, John Cabell, who's with our payments group, and he's going to talk to us about travel reward cards. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, John, tell us just a little bit about uh, the stuff you do for J.D. Power and where you're located and all those little particulars. Uh, sure. So I work with our clients in financial services in the payment space, which includes all of the work that we do with uh, not only credit card, but also other emerging types of payment um, and, and established payments such as debit card, things like buy now, pay later, a digital wallet and, and so forth. So we have a particular history and um, over a decade have been providing insights to clients in the credit card space, have a lot of rich data across a variety of products in both the U.S. and Canada. And as everybody listens to this podcast knows, the, um, the credit card uh, divisions or products that uh, travel suppliers um, create and enjoy have a major impact on their operations and also on the enjoyment or lack thereof that people get from various travel providers. So, Andrea, I think you want to start off with some some questions for John. Yes, thanks, John, for joining us. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about one of the major um, sort of pieces of research that the payments intelligence practice does, which is uh, the credit card satisfaction study. Uh, As part of the credit card satisfaction study, we know that you all uh, measure satisfaction with the major airline and hotel co-branded credit cards, as well as other uh, travel cards. Uh, And of course, other credit cards. But can you tell us a little bit about what insights the credit card study provides to you know the issuers of co-branded travel cards and also the the travel industry as a whole uh sure i'll be glad to um this study that we have established uh and recently redesigned has a lot of very granular data at the card product level about customer satisfaction as well as a lot of complementary metrics in terms of things like brand power, um, things like uh, level of trust, um, usage of the card, monthly spend, uh, and so forth. So there is a a really a wealth of data about um, not only the issuing banks and their performance, but also the the perception of the co-brand partners um, and the products themselves as you look across the different types of issuers for um, a a variety of travel cards, whether it be um, airline, hotel, um, other travel such as cruise ship and train, as well as um, um, bank branded cards that may be used for travel purposes for other purposes as well. That's great. So, so of course, I'm going to ask you about the travel cards. Um, for the travel credit cards, what are cardholders most satisfied with in general? Sort of what aspects of the cards 
Um, what what makes the travel card stand out, uh, especially those that have the highest customer satisfaction? Sure. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And I will tell you that um, there was a time a couple of years ago when <laughs> the satisfaction with travel cards was at a low point. <laughs> um, but in the last year or so, as travel has rebounded, um, there has been a, a resurgence of satisfaction with travel-related cards and rewards are the key area of success for these cards, particularly the redemption of rewards and the perception of value at that, uh, at that juncture of the relationship. So um, when you look across the types of cards, um, you know, be it airline, hotel, or other sorts of travel cards, um, the ones that seem to stand out most recently uh, in terms of highest satisfaction are the hotel cards, uh, believe it or not. Um, and they seem to be garnering um, higher satisfaction with benefits as well as rewards earning. Um, uh, airline cards are not far behind, um, but both of those are, are um, significantly um, above the level of satisfaction in different areas versus a sort of regular bank branded credit card. And John, is that is that difference large or small, would you say, statistically? How does a regular bank card compare to a travel card, travel rewards card? Yeah, it's about a 25 point difference in satisfaction between the hotel cards, and this is on a thousand point scale. Um, okay. and, and the bank cards, which is which is pretty large uh, for this sort of thing. Um, airline is is much closer to the level of satisfaction overall with bank cards, but um, it, it's notable that bank cards tend to lag in reward satisfaction versus airline cards and every other kind of travel card. So really, you know, the the card holder is coming to the to the travel product for rewards. And they generally are seem to be quite satisfied with that. All right. Thanks, Andrea. You had another question? I do. So, uh, you know, thinking about the co-branded travel cards, do you uh, see them becoming, I mean, they're popular now, of course, but do you see them becoming even more popular in the future? And, and how do you see the relationships uh, changing that, banks have with the travel companies for, for these co-branded cards? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, one of the things that we've seen over time has been um, sort of different um, approaches toward branding and co-branding with these types of products. Um, and in many cases, the, um, the, the travel partner um, is the lead consumer-facing brand on the front of the card. Um, in some cases, they're co-branded, um, but you know, issuers and, and the co-brand partners work together on what seems to be the right mix, uh, depending on the type of product and the, the card holder that they're interested in, in uh, engaging. So um, sort of thinking about the future of these, I think as travel, um, continues to grow. Uh, I th these these uh, 
products become more relevant, certainly, and we've seen them rebound and we've seen a resurgence in interest and, and um, an opening for these products as well. Um, so, I, you know, I think the future is bright for them. So kind of in the same vein, I guess that what, what it seems like is the co-branded model, the benefit for the travel companies of, of the co-branded model is meant to, of course, engender more loyalty from travelers and from, from those customers. Do you think the travel cards have generally been successful in doing this? So I guess not only loyalty to the travel brand, but also uh, potentially to the banks and the card issuers uh, in terms of loyalty uh, for for the banks in terms of, you know, perhaps these customers um, opening up other products uh, with the bank. Um, yes, yeah, so there is definitely a relationship here with customer retention in these products. It's a little bit different than what you see with a sort of standard bank branded credit card, cashback credit card. Um, these cards, they, they tend to have longer tenured consumers. So significantly more cardholders say they've had the travel card five years or more. So customers tend to hang on to them. And they also say that they're less likely to switch, um, but, but in the next year. But those who do plan to switch cards uh, and, and, and have a travel card as their primary credit card um, tend to um, uh, replace it with a different card as primary um, rather than just getting another card. Um, so it's almost as if a lot of consumers, if if they're um, sort of looking for a different product, um, will will shift gears completely um, toward either a different travel product or um, a different bank product, and and just be be done with uh, the card that they've been using, um, almost like they sort of had a purpose in in winning the rewards and using those rewards, and then were ready to move on. Um, so there is a sort of interesting dynamic there uh, with these consumers, um, but generally they they tend to have um, more loyalty and uh, more fierce retention of the products uh, for for those travel card holders. That's really interesting about the retention aspect. That's something I hadn't really thought about. Um, we, in our hotel guest satisfaction study, we uh, are collecting uh, now whether the guest, of course, is a member of the uh, loyalty program, but also if they have the, the credit card, right, for that loyalty program. And this, the, our study shows the same thing that uh, those with the credit card are even more loyal to the to the brand, to the travel brand, uh, than just you know sort of your average uh, program member. Uh, so we are, um, and we are seeing this loyalty also kind of bleed into the actual guest experience. So when you know when you do uh, have. Uh, membership in the program, but you also have the credit card, we often see that the actual hotel stay experience 
uh, is is rated uh, higher, right, than um, perhaps, you know, those who are not members of of the loyalty programs and don't have that kind of affiliation with the travel brand. So, um, yeah, so this loyalty aspect is, I think, very important. Yeah, we, we see um, the travel card holders spend more per month on their card. They report spending more money. Um, and, um, and, you know, certainly during the last two to three years, we're much more likely to hold on to those credit cards in anticipation that those points or rewards that they built up would again be useful someday. Um, and when those points and rewards are redeemed, uh, we see higher satisfaction, which is what we've, what we've witnessed in the last year with those products. Yeah, that's, that's not surprising. I think, um, you know, the, the travel companies, hotel, uh, hotel companies, especially, but perhaps some of the airlines as well. They did seem to be a little more generous during the pandemic when none of, you know, none of the customers were really able to redeem uh, for flights and hotel stays, especially when the pandemic first hit us in 2020. Um, I, I think they were not only generous with redemption, but also with earning points. You know, I, I do recall the card that we have, they increase the points that we could earn by shopping at grocery stores. And of course, during the pandemic, that's pretty much the only place we were shopping, right? Um, so I, I do agree that I think just in the past few years, the travel companies have gone out of their way to... Um, to kind of really uh, up the the benefits game with uh, with these credit cards, so and kind of talking, you talked a little bit about spending. You know, we we know the tangible benefits, right? That banks are getting out of the these relationships with the travel companies, and of course, it's earning earning the you know the interest charges on that spending or earning the annual credit card fee uh, for these cards. But can you talk a little bit about some of the maybe intangible benefits for the banks specifically, you know, to, to have these partnerships? Is it, you know, we know the tangible benefits, it's sort of about profits, but is, what are the card issuers getting out of this generally, this kind of relationship? Well, one of the key things that they're getting that's an intangible out of this relationship is a sort of brand synergy. So, you know, when a when an issuer um, picks a a co-brand, it says a lot about the quality and the perception of that issuer. And so, what you see is that a lot of the um, sort of well-regarded brands, from a travel perspective um, or a retail co-brand perspective tend to partner with um, high quality issuers and ones that typically do well from a customer satisfaction standpoint. And those, those brands together kind of reinforce each other and um, sort of create resonance in the market. Um, you know, there, there are other, clearly other brands um, and many other types of issuers in the, in the mix as well 
um, at varying levels of that sort of brand halo. Um, but, but it's clearly, um, for, for most issuers, it's a, it's an add to the, to the brand portfolio for them because there's a, a, a sort of effect that, um, the cardholder has around not just the issuing bank who many times is, um, sort of relegated to fine print on the back of the card. Um, but also, um, sort of feels the, uh, affinity with uh, the, the co-brand partner as well. Yeah, thank you. That's really, really interesting. Uh, Mike, do you have any questions for, for John? Well, what are the best cards uh, that Alfred Travel rewards? Do you, do you guys have a ranking of those uh, that you can share with us? Um, so we will have a ranking uh, that will be published in August uh, when we do our first annual publish of our product award segments. Um, and the primary travel segment that we will have awards in would be the airline co-brand segment. Um, those, those cards tend to be largest in terms of market share and presence in the US. And so they are sort of qualified to create their own uh, product segment, if you will. Um, there um, certainly will be other types of travel cards, many of them bank branded, for example, um, that will be ranked and listed as well along the uh, other types of categories that we'll have in, in August. So we're going to have to wait for five months to find out those uh, answer to that question. Eh? <laughs> yeah, the data are not, uh, we don't have all the data in yet. <laughs> oh, okay, no, I know how that goes. I often get asked who's going to win months ahead of time. I said, someone in science has got to tell me. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in any event, um, what, you know, what would you say if you were going to create a perfect travel partner card, what would be the items or attributes that card would have? I think the, um, the primary element is, um, that's most important is having a um, sort of brand that has some level of interest and affinity in among consumers um, that also provides for a, a really um, sort of useful, relevant set of benefits with the product that make travel easier um, so just the little things like, um, you know, priority boarding and maybe a free checked bag. Those are very valuable. Some of the most valuable benefits from a satisfaction perspective that a travel card can have. And then, of course, finally, the, the rewards need to be perceived to be valuable, both at the um, sort of level of earning rewards as you're making purchases but also um, later at redemption. I mean, I, you know, we probably all experience the card where we have hundreds of thousands of points, and then you go to redeem them, and you know, all you get is a vacuum cleaner. So uh, it, it's helpful to sort of make sure that the the value there is is at the both the earning and redemption stages. Well, thanks, John Cavill, for informing us all about travel cards and looking forward to the rankings that come out in August. 
And uh, once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor, and we will see you next time. Thank you.